0: I hear a groan. I see a thing behind the wall, I'm so afraid it's going to fall. It's time again for another episode of Scary is Sherry.
1: Yes, it's the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I am here today with the most fantabulous and miraculous Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And I am here with the
0: exquisite uh, electrifying, effervescent, uh, Flaming Scream Queen himself, Brandy Joe Klanbeck.
1: That's right. And if you've never listened to us before, Jeremy and I are friends who love horror movies, and we like to talk about them, and we like to talk about what we've watched and what we're hearing in the world, and then we like to assign the other person a film that they have never seen before, and we go away, we watch them, and we talk about them.
0: Yeah, but this week is a little bit different. Yeah, and we'll get to that later, okay? We'll get to that in a minute, so. Yeah.
1: But, Jeremy,
0: how the heck are you? Not too bad. It feels like I just saw you, but that was recording a different
1: show. Not our (laughs) show. Another show. I know it's been wild because we've had a lot going on because I, we we just like sort of piled things on in all different ways. And we mm-hmm. had a guest on last week, which was amazing. Good old Mike McGettigan. We love him. And then we just were guests on It's Only a Podcast recorded on Monday. The episode is out live now. So please go check it out. And I mean, you can listen to our episode with them, but you can also go back. They have over 100 episodes. What are they at? 194. 194. Far, that's yeah. crazy
0: and if you want you can go back and find our original guest episode because it's the second time we've guested on their show yeah. so
1: and they he- are amazing guys i mean it's like my favorite podcast ever so yeah and it feels great to be
0: invited back so that means i feel like we made a good impression the first time so i just paid
1: them okay oh, sexual, did you sexual favors yeah. sexual favors you sent yep. them you sent them uh, your foot pics <laughs> Ew! no i don't i don't like my feed so no just dick pics. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs>
0: you're like you, but
1: like, that's perverted. Just just regular old dick pics. That's right, that's right. <laughs> but yes, we love Christian and Ian. We love that show. Please go check out that episode and more. They're terrific. They're so so smart and so funny and so dear. And I just love. them. Yeah, it's just a. It's always a blasty being on their show. So it is. It is. And shout outs to a few other podcasts. My husband, three funny ladies. Such a good show. Go check mm-hmm. it out and then i have other friends joey and jamie and i know joey listens to this podcast he's mentioned it on their pod whoa it's, i know only slightly opinionated so good they are just they're new they're on the scene and they are rocking it out so go and listen to other podcasts as well don't be just don't listen to just us okay there's other fish in the sea
0: yeah there's other fish in the sea but <laughs> you know we know you're we're we're your first fish your beloved that's right. fish that's right so jeremy how
1: the heck are you
0: oh doing all right doing all right just uh trying to watch horror movies in between all the craziness
1: okay so i mean i know we have like telegrams and stuff to get to but i have to tell you because i think i because of our guests the last episode i've been like watch i watched more movies this july than i've watched in the years since i've been on letterboxd which started oh. right when the pandemic hit like that january of 2020 mm-hmm. so in almost three years i watched more movies in january i mean this july i think maybe one movie less than like two years ago or something like that oh wow but i watched a lot so i'm just gonna quickly give you a little rundown because i think you'll have some opinions on some of these um in like the span of two nights i watched intruder and prom night i was in sort of an Ooh. old school mode okay do you like intruder
0: i've never seen intruder it's on my like little list of being such a fan of slasher movies i know of it i know like the rainies were connected to it um i think it was scott siegel is that his name that directed it does that sound right
1: I, d- I don't know how it sounds. Okay. It sounds
0: fine. Scott Spiegel. Spiegel, thank you. He's uh, Sam Raimi's like, producing partner. Um, oh. And that's like, one of the few, if not only, movie I think he directed himself. But um, I've always heard it's worth checking out as an oddity, especially if you're like into the Raimis and their stuff. So it's always been on my list.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll reserve some comments. I didn't love it. Okay, I'll just say that. But I've hearing been hearing a lot about it. I think because of like you know, um, in search of darkness and stuff. So there's, and also when um, Fear Street came out, there were some allusions to it. Okay, because there are some similar things that take place in like a grocery store and things like that. I didn't love it. I didn't, it was fine. And then I had a hankering, our friend, Chris, friend of the podcast really loves prom night and, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I haven't seen that in forever. So I watched that and did not love it.
0: Okay. I've been meaning to revisit it too. I think I've seen prom night as like a teenager, you know, watched it on like late night television a million years ago. So I don't really remember it too well. So I need, I need to watch it again.
1: Yeah, Chris was like, "Oh, it, you know, oh, I just watched the director's cut. You can watch that on YouTube." And he had it much more set up as like a, like a whodunit and all this. And so I, I started to watch that, and it was the quality I just couldn't deal with it. It wasn't okay. bad, but I just I'm just used to, HD, depth. yeah. yeah and so i just like halfway through i just went to my super secret site and just watched the regular old version and i'm like the regular old version really is just a whodunit also like you don't know who the killer is mm-hmm. like I, there were probably some differences but like they're like a minute apart in like time difference and i just yeah i just thought it was sort of sort of mediocre
0: okay. not great
1: so yeah. two not great mediocres and then i watched Stakeland. have you seen Stakeland? long time ago and okay. i remember i remember not being crazy about it so see i enjoyed it okay i wouldn't say i loved it but i mean danielle harris is in it we all know how i feel about her adore her so um she had talked about it on her show and so i was like mm-hmm. i should watch that um don't love vampires typically but i really i really liked it i thought it was good uh i also watched the third saturday in october part five do you know about this
0: <laughs> no I, i've seen these titles and i've seen like the posters advertised on like you know uh, when you're on Instagram or Facebook and it gives you targeted marketing, like I've seen that shot at me from, you know, watch this movie, but I don't know anything about them.
1: Yeah, I, it was fine. It, I didn't okay. like it enough to go back and watch, cause you're supposed to watch part five first and then go back and watch part one. There's just those two. Okay. Weird. I know that's like the whole point they, they came out like on the same day or something.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: the point is to watch part five and then go back and watch part one. But like, I didn't care enough to watch part one, but I liked part five. Okay. Uh it was fine. And then I watched to catch a killer, which is more of a thriller, like a mm, a serial killer might be a strong I think I shoots people and stuff. So I guess he could still be a serial killer. Um uh, there's a different word for it though. A terrorist? No. Uh, what, what do you call if someone's like shooting people?
0: Uh usually like a spree killer, like if yeah, they're if they're shooting a, a bunch. Of that. If he's running around shooting a bunch of people, yeah, they call that a spree killer usually. But our friend
1: Ben Mendelsohn is in it. Oh, very uh, cool. No, and Shailene Woodley. And I heard a lot of really positive things. I think it came out. I can't remember January or something. So I watched that, and that was just fine. Okay, so, so cool. A lot of sort
0: of mediocre things. Okay, because for a second I was like, you mean the old TV movie to catch a killer? Because there's <laughs> the one where Brian Dennehy played John Wayne Gacy. From
1: oh like, no! From like the
0: early '90s. Yeah, that's the one I remember.
1: Okay. So I know I just do my order all over the play or the order on here. I always mix up. So that that, that's what I watch. What did you watch something?
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, if we're just talking in general, like through July, uh, like I watched a lot of movies too. I'm like, holy crap. I've been going to the movies a lot. You know, I talked about it on. It's only a podcast. Did the Barbenheimer completed that circuit in theaters. Um, But I've been living at home. The wife and I have been living in a, in a bad movie place right now. Uh, so I've been working through the sharknados. Cause oh. I, I watched uh, like jaws around the 4th of July and I'm like, July shark week. I should watch more shark movies. Ooh, I should watch the sharknados again. Um, I, Cause they are terrible. Uh, the first one, like I think it's still fun in that bad movie. Like if you watch it with somebody and you're making fun of it together, that one's still a blast. Um, but the rest of the series, like for some reason I seem to remember, uh, cause I've watched one, two, and three, one I thought was fun in that bad movie way, but two and three were just kind of bad. And for some reason I remembered them being more fun when they came out, but like rewatching them, I'm like, nah, they just stretched the joke too thin. They should have left it at the one movie. Like that was the lightning in a bottle. Uh, yeah. and, and they just kept doing it. And it's like, these are more just bad, bad. They're like less fun as they go on. So i'm not sure i'm gonna finish out the series because there's like what like six all together i think so um and i yeah, did... I thought about
1: that show after we watched the birds on it's only a podcast i was like because there are some elements of that that are like it's so bad it's good like yes. the effects are like kind of outdated and it made me think of like birdemic and like sharknado and stuff yeah yeah but it yeah it just went on and on
0: and then we also watched uh because this this kind of touched on both our interests. It's a disaster movie, which my wife loves, uh, and it starred Nicolas Cage, which I love. Which was the movie Knowing? Did you ever see that one? No. What the fuck is that? Okay, it's like Nicolas Cage is this school teacher, and it's like it's hard to explain, but there's this weird stuff where like certain children are getting this like they're hearing voices and it's this like code sequence of numbers. Uh, and then Nick Cage is this like college professor that decodes that these numbers are actually dates and they're dates of like, it's like nine 11 and different like disasters that have oh. occurred. Uh, and it turns out it's like, I mean, I hope nobody cares that I'm spoiling knowing because it was not good, but uh, it turns out it's coming from like aliens or some shit. It gets like really weird. But it's one of those movies that by the end of it, oh, and there's a big disaster coming and Earth's going to get destroyed. And that's what they're trying to warn like people about. Um, But like by the time the movie was over, we're like, what was this even about? Like, it felt like it had a premise that was stretched so thin. Over the course of two hours where I'm like, yeah, it feels like this story was about nothing because the main concept was such a like barely developed idea to begin with, like a bunch of stuff just, you know, happened and they're running from like place to place. So okay. it was not so great, but it was fun to watch. Nicolas Cage does, you know, do a full cage in there like he's got some moments where he's just acting so hard. And it also features our friend Ben Mendelssohn. Oh, I love Ben. In a supporting role. I was like, oh, Ben Mendelsohn. Wow, he's everywhere lately. I can't I can't avoid him right now.
1: I know. I don't want to.
0: Yeah, but knowing uh I can't say that it's worth your time. Unless you're like a Nick Cage completist or something, you know, go watch that. It's like in his lesser movies for sure. That that would be interesting if someone was, but I'm sure yeah, there are. I'm sure there are some out there. Yeah. But that's that's really what I've been doing. Oh, and I I I watched uh for some reason I feel like it's a summertime movie for me. Uh, and I watch it like every summer is the original night of the living dead. I revisited that not too long ago. Cause I just had the, the inkling. It was like a Sunday night and I had nothing going on. And I'm like, I want to put on a movie I've seen a million times and can just kind of like lay here and not engage if I don't want to night of the living dead is a perfect one of those. So I kind of okay. just came in on and in, in and out of it, vegging on the couch, uh, looking at my phone and just watching the movie and uh so that that too
1: all right that's it should we get to our telegrams let's do the telegrams let's hear what the people have to say we have a trove i'll start us off this comes from friend of the podcast lauren the goth botanist or the it, gothiny- I always want to combine them and it just doesn't work. The gothinist, Yeah, it doesn't sound too good, but, <laughs> but Gothbotanist rocks. Yes, so. it does. So Lauren writes, sorry, I've been slacking on the teragrams. Horror has been low in this house with the younger kiddo home from school during the summer. Episode 140 was a blast, and Mike was an awesome guest. I'm going to have to add the outsider to our it's late, and I have the energy for one show, one show or movie before I pass out options. We lightly binge the first season of From and needed a new show slash miniseries tess and i have gone through the entire paranormal activity franchise she settled into the og after complaining about the video quality kids uh she enjoyed three and four we hit five marked ones and she was still on board despite the change in direction we watched six time jump fun and she was still in since it tied back into three pretty well then we watched Paranormal Activity 7 Next of Kin. It's technically in the same universe and takes place in 2021. She remarked that it didn't feel scary, to which I agreed. Part of it is the desensitization. Am I saying that right? Yes.
0: Desensitization. De-sensitiz- I can't say
1: it now. It's, it's, a, it's a rough one. Desensitization <laughs> over the movies. <laughs> Whatever. See every other harm... See, okay. Part of it is the (laughs) desensitization over the movies. See, every major horror franchise ever, but it definitely was more mystery than horror. It was fine, but I feel like it was a different movie that got rewritten to fit into the mythos and it did that thing where it played music over the found footage. You couldn't pretend it was the car radio because it flowed over multiple cuts. And despite hammering in the, this is a documentary argument, they slid in certain shots that were too perfect and we all went, which camera is that? Anyway, I'm going to go solo to the upcoming Mad Monster Expo for a day so I can meet Doug Bradley, Heather Langenkamp, (gasps) Bill Mosley, Richard (gasps) Brake, Melinda Clark, Dan, how Dan Housen? All right. Is that from Dan Housen! He's what? a pro. He's a pro wrestler. Thank you. Dan Housen and PJ souls. I'm hoping I can swing all that in one evening. Oh my God. Lauren. Thank you. Hey, Dan you know Housen. You know what? I want to interject here. I would love
0: to have Dan Housen as a guest on our show, Lauren. So, you know, if you mentioned our uh, podcast to him, if you get to meet him, that'd be cool. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah no <laughs> is Danhausen involved in that one really bad movie we watched
0: no no he, no he's not uh oh, okay. that was dan zig the metal oh, singer thank you yes dan Danhausen is uh his his whole shtick is like if nosferatu was a pro wrestler like he's, okay. he, he paints himself up like a ghoul and he's claims to be like hundreds of years old so he's like an evil wizard thing going on like he's a lot of fun he's a big Horror guy, and he's from Detroit originally. I
1: understand. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. how about that? How about that? yes? Uh, the that's fun that you watched all the Paranormal Activity movies. I think three is the best of them because it does that eighties feel with the old school video camera. Have you seen that one,
0: Jeremy? No, I've only seen. Wait a minute. How many Paranormal Activities have I seen? I feel Seven. like
1: the- oh, sorry.
0: There are seven. <laughs> there are seven. I haven't seen all seven. I don't think. But they all blend together, you know, up to a point. So, like, I've seen one. I've seen two. Is two the one? Wait, what happens in two?
1: It's the. It's like the, the bookmark to the other, to the first one. There's a baby.
0: Yes. Okay. I've seen two uh, and maybe three. What happens if the three is the one? That's, that's the like 80s a, one. That's the 80s one. I think I may have seen three. Possibly With the
1: two little girls. Because it's Katie and whatever her sister's name is, is little girls. OK, yeah,
0: I think I've seen the first three. Uh, that sounds about right. Two and three are sort of like lost in the haze of like, you know, that's when I was sitting back and drinking like, you know, a six pack every time I watched a movie. So I don't remember a lot of movies I watched in that time period. So but I, th- I think I've seen up through three.
1: Yeah, um, I really liked the marked ones because it was a change in direction and it felt refreshing not to have it in some like big suburban home. It was, you mm-hmm. know, like like a Latinx sort of vibe, and they were like sure. in an apartment building, and I just really appreciated that change in pace. Um, and I started the I started next of kin and was just sort of like not into it. So I was like, I, I don't think I want to do any more of these. So I didn't. Mm-hmm. So Under- understandable. But, I mean, always fun if you had a kid and the kid was, like, into a franchise and you're like, well, let's watch them all. Yeah. So, yeah, I yeah. love that. I love That's fun. that. Tess and her were able to do that. Very cool. Yeah. And I'm excited to hear all about Mad Monster Expo, Lauren, so I want a full recap. Yes, yes, we need a
0: debrief once you're done with a debrief, that. debrief, yes. All right. All right, take us to the next, Jeremy. All right, so... This is, you know, a little set up here. This is like a two-parter from our buddy Al. Al. And I'm going to read the first one here. Subject is directing horror. Hey, y'all. Quick update for Brandy Joe. I started listening to The Troop. So far, so good. I'll share more thoughts once I'm finished. Loving the discussion of directors you'd like to see try a horror movie. And you've all had some great suggestions. Edgar Wright has done horror comedy, but I'd like to see him take a stab at something a bit more horrific. It would be fun to see how his great timing and distinct visuals would translate to a not so funny horror. Taika Waititi could also be fun. Again, he's done horror comedy, but seeing something a little bit more serious from him would be nice, too. He created some really compelling and interesting stuff in the past, even without that Marvel money. Hunt for the Wilder People is an all-time favorite of mine. Have a great week, Al. P.S. I'd be happy to take an Audible credit or two if you still have some extras.
1: Oh, my God. I do. Uh, You can have them. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, I've
0: thought both of those are interesting choices too, because like, you know, Edgar Wright is famous for doing Shaun of the dead. Um, and of course I'd throw in like the world's end as another like horror comedy. Um, I guess he did. Uh, what was it last night in Soho? Um, hmm. But I, I didn't, I didn't get to see that, but I don't think that was a true horror movie. That was more like a thriller. Um, so yeah, I, I'd like to see him do it like a full on horror movie without the comedic part and and same with taika watiti of course you know he created what we do in the shadows directed the original movie but yeah he his his stylistic uh, approach it would be interesting to see him do like a full-blown like you know like a slasher movie or some some violent horror movie okay i think think that could be interesting
1: yeah all right i'll take it yeah yeah al you can have Those Audible credits. You just hit me up and let me know what books you want, and I will gift them to you. That's how it works. Cool. All right. Uh, Our next telegram comes from Teacher Drew, who writes, Hey guys, another great episode with an incredible guest host. Thanks for recommending The Outsider. I'm a few hours in, and I am intrigued. A couple recommendations for you. If you haven't seen the short film by Martin Scorsese called The Big Shave, you really must. I never close my eyes or turn away from the screen, but this film made me do both. Also, they cloned Tyrone as one of my favorite watches this year. The cast is amazing, and it was a perfect blend of sci-fi and horror. I am super sad to say I caught Talk to Me. What an utter disappointment. It held so much promise till the second half. The protagonists started making ridiculously ludicrous and nonsensical choices a pet peeve of mine in horror films, horror movies, rather. The ending was too predictable and has been done before and done better. To end on a positive note, if you're ever in Seattle, make sure to see the Pop Culture Museum. The horror exhibit alone is worth the visit. It showcases original props and costumes from such notable films as Nightmare on Elm Street, Fright Night, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Alien, Trick or Treat, Frankenstein, and Phantasm, just to name a few. It was a definite highlight of my trip. That's all for now, my friends. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thanks, Teacher Drew. Yeah, love you, Teacher Drew. And love you so much.
0: Be sure to check out our episode of It's Only a Podcast we just did. And you'll hear us talk all about Talk To Me. So
1: uh And yeah. read they read a a, a, um, a correspondence from Teacher Drew. Yeah, who so always keeps things golden. And absolutely. yeah, I'm not to spoil it, but I really liked to Talk to Me. Jeremy, what did you think of it? Uh
0: I enjoyed it, but I can under I have totally understand your feelings teacher drew because i had some similar problems where i was into it in the first half and sorta it just continued to lose steam for me um but i enjoyed it it was a fun it was a fun escape uh to go to the theater and just sit back and watch a horror movie so i'll
1: take it what about the big shave this martin scorsese short you know what seen
0: that I am I am quite the little stalker of my friends on uh, Letterboxd. So I did see teacher Drew share that Uh, I know it's like one of Martin Scorsese's uh, uh, like student films, the wrong word, but it's a short film. He did like really early in his career. It's like from the beginnings, his beginnings as a filmmaker. Um, But yeah, it's supposed to be pretty horrific and intense. What I know about it. I'm intrigued. Yeah, just a just a quick little like body horror sort of short film. Um, But I'm interested, Teacher Drew, where you saw it, because I'd like to track it down. So I might just have to jump online and see where it is. I wonder, I think the Criterion Collection, in fact, had put out some sort of uh, set that's like Scorsese's early like short films and things. So I'd be
1: interested in tracking that down. I mean, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube if you'd so Oh, it's right to. there, huh? I'll yeah, have to, it is. I'll have to jump online and find it. Yeah, the Criterion it. Film Collection version. Oh, okay. Excellent. So it is so out there. So I'm going to watch it. Cool. Um, so I'll see you in five minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, also, they cloned Tyrone. Had not heard of that, but I've now added it to my watch list on Letterboxd.
0: Yeah, it sort of just dropped. Like, I had seen the trailer for it, and it looked interesting. It's a Netflix release that sort of just dropped in the... I think in the midst of this Barbenheimer phenomenon that's going on, uh, uh, that didn't get a lot of uh, press, they cloned Tyrone. But what I'm hearing is people that have watched it have loved it. So I want to check it out.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that shiz out, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Teacher Drew. And I'm going to be in Seattle this weekend, but only I'm not going to be there in enough time to go see that, the Pop Culture Museum. But it sounds fucking amazing.
0: Oh, too bad. Maybe next trip. I know. Cool. Um, One more. One Take more. It. One more teragram from Al. A continuation from his prior one. And the subject here is audiobook corner. Hey, y'all. I had to write in to let Brandy Joe know that I just finished listening to The Troop. I thought it was solid and would recommend it. The gore and icky stuff was well executed. The power dynamics and relationships between characters felt very real and definitely brought back some memories from scouting for me. My only gripe was the lack of connection between the villain and the monster, which made everything feel a bit too convenient. My audiobook recommendation is The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. It's a quick one with realistic characters and a great ending that pairs nicely with the Troop*. Keep on scaring, Al. Uh, And I do want to read The Only Good Indians because I've heard it's awesome. Uh, Stephen Graham Jones also did that novel, uh, My Heart is a Chainsaw, that I've also heard is awesome.
1: Yeah, which I think Teacher Drew just talked about, didn't he? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, I uh, I, I might have to revisit The Troop, although I don't normally revisit books. It has been a while... Um, but I just, I loved it, but I could maybe see what he's saying there, mm-hmm. but it definitely has a lot of ickiness to it, which I enjoy. I love mm-hmm. a book that makes me squirm.
0: Yeah. That's always fun.
1: Yeah. When you don't, you have to look away, but you can't cause you're reading. Cause you're reading. I know there's, plenty, your eyes.
0: there's plenty of Stephen King novels that have done that for me. So Yeah.
1: Um, And what do you know of The Only Good Indians? I actually don't know anything about
0: it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Other than I I keep hearing people mention the title. Because uh, uh, in connection to I think My Heart is a Chainsaw came out and was like a big hit. And I believe The Only Good Indians is an earlier novel by that author. So I think people were going backwards in his, uh, his canon, if you will, and being like, check this one out, too. So I've heard it's very good.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Alan. I'm going to get you some some credits, some books. So you let me know what you want to watch. Or I mean, what what you, what you want to read. <laughs> I'm going to get that shiz for you, okay? Yeah, what words
0: do you want to watch with your eyes? Yeah, tell us.
1: <laughs> uh, what else, Jeremy? Well, thank you, everyone, um, for writing in. sharing at gmail.com. Slide into our Insta. Scaringasharing. All one word. Smash them together. Smash them. What... Um, what do you have any news? I don't have any. I haven't I kept up attention. on the news.
0: One of the only things I've thought is interesting though is the discourse online, which I know is like, oh my God, why, why even wade into it half the time? Because it's just, I feel like it's mostly just haters gonna hate online for the most part these days. But the new Exorcist trailer that came out, like, uh, it, it well, okay, number one, it's fun to have watched the transition from, I remember they announced it before. Uh, David Gordon Green finished his Halloween Trilogy uh, and so when people Are like oh now he's going to do the Exorcist Cool but Since kills and ends have come out Now everyone's like David Gordon Green This is going to suck so it's going in With the bar like really low now Um, And I've seen a lot Of people bitching about the trailer uh, But their gripe that I find interesting Is them saying or a lot Of people saying it Looks too much like every Other exorcism movie ever uh and i'm like but isn't that because the exorcist is like the exorcism movie that all even exorcist sequels as well are forever going to be trying to mimic it like uh like i don't think there's any exorcism movie that doesn't owe like its entirety to the exorcist the original exorcist so it's like uh, it's just it casts such a long shadow. I feel like that's the real problem is everything forevermore about exorcisms is ripping off the original exorcist so
1: yeah, that's exactly what my husband was saying was that sort of that it just looks like all the other exorcist films that have come out and but yeah, they definitely have a vibe, yeah the the most recent ones. so
0: although I can get that. I will give some points to the, this new, the trailer for the new one. It has some things they do. Like I, I would be interested for you. Of course, you won't watch that trailer until the movie's out and you've seen it. Uh, but for you to go back and watch the trailer because they are calling back to the original trailer of the original exorcist. Like if you go mm-hmm. back and watch that trailer, they're oh. stylistically doing some things that were in with the, the original flashing.
1: Yes. With the Flashing faces. Yeah. Flashing
0: faces. And like, there's this weird, uh, they do this transition to stark black and white photography uh, that was, you know, a part of the promotional material from the original Exorcist. So
1: it's cool to see them continue that stylistic uh, same pr- approach. Yeah, I don't like the posters, though. I mean, I was a little surprised because I thought when they came out, I thought that they were fan-made.
0: Yes, they feel And I thought weird. it was
1: Reagan. Like, yeah. it straight up looked like, Linda Blair. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised to know that it was not only one, but two little girls. And I think yes. each poster is one of the little girls. Like there's Yes, correct. The two of them.
0: And there's one um, out there that has both of them on it.
1: Yeah, it's well, it's like the same poster just cut in two. Yeah, and then there's yep. one where it's like they're both together. So it's like yes, yep. yes. Um But yeah, I just I mean, I will definitely watch it and I'm excited to see how Linda Blair Factors in since they've said she's a part of it mm-hmm. and to see if like if she and ellen burson are just a little bit of this so that they can be more of the second one and like they've said that the first one's the the believer 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 and the second one is deceiver deceiver so what's so what the, the fuck? yeah beaver
0: beaver Maybe the third one is Belieber and they're going to have Justin Beaver.
1: The Beaver in there. The Bieber, Yeah. Or Cleaver or Cleveland Steamer. Like, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I'm still convinced they're going to like, they're messing with us by doing rhyming for the first two. And then they're going to break with the third one with something like random that doesn't, you know, the rule of three is where you're going to break it on the third one. So.
1: All right. If you say so. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, definitely going to watch it, but not, yeah, terribly excited by how bad the buzz is.
0: Yeah, I'm just sort of, and the rumor is that test screenings went terrible, but really? You should, yeah, you shouldn't believe test screenings, though, because uh, you know, test screenings for Halloween ends were that it was awesome. So you know, look how that turned out. So yeah, you just never know. Yeah, because test screenings are they're rough because you, you if you get the wrong sort of sample audience in there, you never know what's going to happen. So
1: true, true, yeah. true. Well, anything else to say? No, that's it, I think. All right. Well, because Jeremy and I had uh, I had a packed weekend this past weekend, ki- kayaking and camping awesome. and then it was awesome. I and love then, kayaking. Um, it was so great. Yeah. So beautiful. And then we did It's Only a Podcast, check it out. Uh, Because of that, we decided to do um, our pairing that we talked about before, which is Gods and Monsters and Shadow of the Vampire.
0: Yeah, and these are, this one's kind of interesting because I've seen both of these movies before
1: and you've seen neither of them this time. Neither.
0: Yeah, so a little different.
1: So we're going to talk about them in chronological order is what we have decided upon And so that leaves me going first, talking about gods and monsters. Yes. So this is from 1998, directed by Bill Condon, who directed Chicago and dream girl, wait, not Chicago. That's wrong. Um, I knew he did musicals, uh, dream girls, um, Candyman farewell to the flesh. Yes weird weirdly enough um which i've not seen kinsey uh i was totally wrong about chicago that is not bill condon that is someone else um <laughs> uh beauty and the bees some of the twilight movies anyway yeah uh, it let's see the tagline on letterbox is a portrait of an outrageous friendship that's weird oh it's so yeah. outrageous yeah i wouldn't say it was outrageous and the description is it's 1957 and James Wales heyday as the director of Frankenstein Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein and the invisible man is long behind him retired and semi and a semi recluse. He lives his days accompanied only by images from his past when his dour housekeeper Hannah hires a handsome young gardener, the flamboyant director and simple yard man develop an unlikely friendship which will change them forever. Yeah
0: So So what do you think Jeremy So I gotta say first off I was kind of like watching this going Holy hell Uh, So I got it I first saw this movie as a teenager Like I um, I feel like I want to say it was a recommendation From like I think it was my my aunt of all people uh, Had recommended it to me Because I was getting into like I was looking for things similar to like the movie Ed Wood that were like about filmmaking, like movies sort of around people that made movies like bios about directors and things like that. And okay. I remember her saying like, Oh, the movie gods and monsters, you should watch that. It was uh it was a very good uh, movie about the guy that directed Frankenstein. Um, so I remember checking it out and I remember really enjoying it as a teenager, but watching it now with adults, like, you know, fully formed eyes. I'm like, Holy crap. There's no way. Like most of this was really, like, I didn't understand half of what was going on. You know what I mean? Like, th- this has got so much deeper things happening here than as a teenager. I was just like, oh, that was some good acting and interesting. But I feel like as an adult rewatching this now uh, and having come so far from being, you know, a teenager, it's just like, this is an entirely different movie. It hits in an entirely different way.
1: Yeah. And I, the most uh, surprising thing for me is that Clyde Barker was an executive producer.
0: Yeah. Clyde Barker was involved in this. Um yeah yeah it's all just and it, that's uh bill condon's first movie was candyman 2 farewell to the flesh so i think wow. he, he and clive barker had a working
1: relationship okay. there
0: and that's how this came to be
1: so i'll say this i find the acting absolutely fabulous for me the true star here is Lynn Lynn Redgrave. She's Mm -hmm. so fucking good. Yeah. She's so funny. She's just, she just steals every scene she's in and she's in quite a bit of it. Nominated for an Oscar, she and Ian McKellen were both. I -hmm. really liked the acting and I don't know, it just, it ended and I felt, I don't know what I felt. Yeah. Like I didn't feel strongly any old way. Like I knew it was a good film and mm-hmm. it's a sort of thing where like if I'm going to see a biopic, this is how I always say I like to see it done. Like mm-hmm. no, I don't I don't like to see a biopic that's like from the day they were born to the day they died. Like I always those feel same old same old to me it always feels like the same fucking movie and i'm very bored by a a typical biopic so i liked that it was like this chunk of time in his life Mm -hmm. i really loved like the scene with the guy early on who came to interview him like i loved that whole scene i loved that Mm -hmm. i loved the scene of him at the party with the stars from like bride of frankenstein yes i loved that there were like a few scenes that I really loved. And then like the rest of the stuff, it's like, I it was good. It was a good film. I just didn't, I didn't like go, oh God, I loved that. I didn't feel that. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, God, it was such a great movie. Like, like I could tell it was good. I just mm-hmm. sort of felt strange about it. Sure. In a way, yeah. I, I'm not quite sure how to articulate. Um, And it was funny. I watched it with Joe. He had remembered seeing it and really enjoying it I think when it came out he must have saw it like the theater um so he wanted to watch it again and afterwards I was like how did you feel and he's like I don't really know and I'm like oh my god I feel so relieved that that was how not that I need someone else to validate my feelings or whatever but Mm -hmm. But that's how he felt. And so I, you know, I got his rating from him, like what he would rate it. And he definitely said it was like one way based on like sort of the nostalgia of the film, how he remembered it, but Mm -hmm. that it was a different vibe now. And I don't know what he felt has no um, say on how I felt about it. Mm -hmm. I just, I just didn't know. It was just, it was like an odd little film. Yeah. And another...
0: What hit me this time around, like, I felt deeply sad watching it this time, where, I, and I think it's just getting older and having more, like, grappling more with these, like, existential thoughts I have, and, it, it, like, that's such a driving force in this. Ian McKellen playing James Whale, and he plays it so well, but he's grappling with the idea that he's getting older. And as he puts it, he's overwhelmed by nostalgia so frequently, like he keeps remembering his past and things that were, and then his present, and he's deeply unhappy with his present. Uh, I mean, like slight spoilers, but he is, you know, suicidal um, and uh, struggling with his health. He's getting older, his good, his best times are behind him. He's feeling worthless to the world. Um, And it just like that hits so hard. Watching it, I think, as a grown person, like, okay, these are feelings that um, I'm only beginning to feel, but, you know, they're coming. And I know it just comes on more and more as time goes on, these sorts of existential feelings like this. So that's that's what struck me this time. I was like, I'm just deeply sad. Like, I was almost on the verge of tears several times just from like... Not even in the dramatic scenes, just some of the like lingering scenes of him sitting around and remembering his
1: life, where I was like, wow, this is just cutting real deep this go around. Yeah. And also, Brendan Fraser is so fucking hot in this movie.
0: Yeah. So, and, and good. Like, that was the yeah. thing. This is the movie too that like he made this in the midst of his whole, like, uh, uh, you know, the, the original run of his career where he sort of just fell into getting typecast. And, you know, being a hunk in like a bunch of just cheapo Hollywood, you know, uh, you know, throw away like blockbuster type fare. Um, But then he did this and you're like, see, he has chops. He just like nobody wanted to give him a shot doing uh, real dramatic work, Uh, which, you know, it's sad that he now gets to do that after having like to like recreate a new career uh, after being gone for a while. But
1: yeah, no, he's very good in this. He really is. And also, doesn't James Whale... I mean, you know, slash Ian e. McKellen have some lines about like Frankenstein or of Frankenstein, like being like a comedy. Yes. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Because then someone else says something about like scary is scary. Funny is funny. But you don't mix them. I th- that's not him, though, is it? It's like someone else says that.
0: Yeah, somebody else says that. But he said he's like, it was the only way I could uh, make it. Like, he's like, really, it's a movie about death. Uh, and he's like, and I wanted to make that a little more palatable for audiences was to put some humor in there.
1: Now. I know this is based on a book, Mm -hmm. but, like, is the story as it is in the film with, like, the relationship with Mr. Boone, the Brendan Fraser character, is that all fabricated and fictional?
0: Yeah, as far as I know, Boone is a fictitious character created for this, but um, I thought I had read somewhere it's sort of just based on, like, uh, it's true that James Whale became kind of a recluse at the end of his life and just uh, stayed holed up in his house a lot, but um, he did like to entertain like the groundskeepers and you know the the staff that worked at the house. So I think there's some truth there. They just kind of fabricated a character to represent that,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a very well done film. There's some penis in it, which I'm always a fan of. Mm-hmm. Bring on the peen. That's what I always say uh and and it's it's well done, and the acting is just fantastic. It's just, yeah, I don't I'm still. Cause I mean, we watched it last night and I'm still processing a little. And mm-hmm. I just don't know where I, I fell. Like it yeah. wasn't like, Oh, I didn't care for that movie. It was just, I just feel unusual after watching it.
0: Yeah. And I do, uh, I do want to point out too, for th- this is from the late nineties. And we always talk about representation, uh, especially with modern movies. But I think uh, this is a an earlier example of like, Oh wow. Like a movie got through um where you know james Whale's sexuality he was gay and he was out uh in hollywood in the 30s which was sort of like at it at the time initially in his career it was sort of uh they were just like ah, okay that's fine that's you know not a big deal but that was part of as his career went on it became more and more that people were like that's not okay we don't like that and that's sort of Uh, I think led to an early decline in his career. But, you know, Ian McKellen is gay. Um, Bill Condon, the director and writer is a gay man. Uh, And uh, you have Clay Barker, Clive Barker, who's also gay uh, as the producer. So it's sort of like, I I, I like that if they're going to be dealing with that, it's from people, uh, you know, the representation of it, it does matter. And it's coming from people that uh, are authentic, authentically, these people. So
1: what do you take of the lines and the like physical illusions of um the boone character by brendan Fraser being like the monster
0: yeah it, it's kind of and that was an interesting thing because like by the end of the movie i i was like i think the real uh, stand in for the monster might've been James whale himself actually like it's it, it sort of like reversed. I don't know. Like I feel like there's something there. I don't know if the movie really defined it that well, but I, I, I feel like uh, it's kind of represented in the, um uh, the hammer at home where at towards the end of the movie, they play a clip from bride of Frankenstein and it's where the monster meets the blind man uh, who gives him a meal and takes him into his home. Uh, and I'm like, Oh, it's, oh my God, like that was, that's there to show you the parallel of like Boone's story with James Whale. Um, and they even have a scene where they have a meal together and they drink wine and smoke cigars like exactly happens in the Bride of Frankenstein scene. So yeah, there, I I don't know if it's just trying to create the illusion of life imitates art, um, or, uh, sort of mixing it into that uh james whale the way they're presenting his like lived experience now is that he's living in multiple time periods like he's losing himself in the past and remembering the past and maybe they're just trying to blend all of that together where he just keeps repeating the
1: same sorts of cycles over and over i don't know yeah because it's almost like james whale is trying to not that because i feel like he only and this is slight spoilery but he only really puts the moves on Boone when he's trying to get him to kill him. Yes, like like it's. I I feel like it's not like he actually is trying to get him to like fuck around with him, but really yes. just trying to provoke him. Yes, please, so yeah. that he'll like please. kill him. Yeah, like he's that's, hoping
0: that's what'll happen.
1: Yeah, but it feels like in some ways he's trying to force him into being this one thing, even though like he's not trying to like get him like to to seduce him necessarily. I don't get that think that that notion but Mm -hmm. sort of trying to fit him into uh like to make him what he wants him to be which in a way is sort of is trying to make him his his monster monster. yeah yeah but i i agree with you in some ways it almost feels like james whale is the monster as well like yeah so it kind of feels like they're both that but i really really loved the scenes where they were reenacting like the bride of frankenstein like filming and stuff that was so cool
0: yeah i i love the uh that quick line though of uh uh the the actress i can't remember who it is names escaping me but she plays elsa lancaster who played the bride in the movie when she's like i'm gonna make my own sequel where it's two women scientists and their monster is gary cooper um (laughs) i thought that was that was really funny
1: yeah but it's it's definitely it's uh, you know a little movie that i'm like okay now having watched it and knowing what it is i think watching it another time in the future is yeah. on my docket to see how I've settled into it and knowing what it all is because I I didn't know I mean I knew from hearing of this movie that James Whale was gay but like I didn't know much and I didn't know where this movie went I didn't know that he killed himself I didn't know any of these things yeah so I feel like watching it a second time just knowing where it all goes could give a different perspective
0: yeah and I guess in real life too like it's not known if he killed himself like uh because. He, that's exactly how he was found was in a swimming pool. Um, so the official, I think the official, like, uh, whatever you call it, coroner report, uh, was inconclusive because they don't know if it was a misadventure, um, and he fell in the pool or something like that because in real life he had suffered you know a series of strokes and that's what continued to afflict him so they don't know if it was an accident or if he intentionally did because it's known that he suffered from depression too so um okay. make of it what you will but i think this movie does a good job of sort of
1: um telling
0: it for what it seemed to be
1: by the end so yeah and on top of brendan fraser being really hot he also looks like Wolverine.
0: Yeah, he does a little. It's bit. It's like his hair,
1: bit. and he uh, like wears white yeah. beater sometimes and stuff, and he just yeah. he looks like he's auditioning for the X Men movie in a few years. Yeah, he, years. he very much, yeah. Well, the X Men movie comes out like two years later, or something
0: yeah. like that. So, yeah, he could have been.
1: Maybe he inspired it. I don't, Maybe. I don't. fucking know. Maybe he did. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else to say? No, I think about that's G
0: and M's. That's what I got about this one. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, out of. Five cigars. Mm. I don't know. That's the thing. Right. Five five after meal cigars. Yep. How many do you give G's and Ms? Uh, I give it a four. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Okay. And still a solid. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. That's right. All right. Well. Yeah. And then you our know? companion piece.
0: Yeah, our companion piece, which feels like And I feel like watching the credits of both these movies, I think there was like a production company in, uh, you know, a shared production company between these. So I feel like there was some similar. Yeah. I got to go back and double check. I might be mistaken, but I feel feel like these had some similar hands behind them. Um, but onto shadow of the V shadow of the vampire. (laughs) Uh, the tagline is an unspeakable horror, a creative genius captured for eternity. And the summary is director F.W. Murnau makes a Faustian pact with a vampire to get him to star in his 1922 film Nosferatu. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. um, Now this movie I'm much more familiar with. I probably rewatch this every couple of years, I think. So what did you
1: think? Okay. So here's my take on Shadow of the vampire and slight spoilers here. Kind of, if you've never seen this movie and if you want to be totally surprised and go away, but I mean, I went into it thinking it was 100% like a like a biopic about the making or whatever, the making of this film. That's what I thought it was. So like, as it's going along, certain things would happen. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I never heard about this, that he, the Max Shrek killed this guy or whatever, like that he ate a bat, like all these things. And I'm it's like going along and then it gets to the very end and I'm like, oh, it's just fucking with me. Or rather it's like, a fictional version of what the making was like essentially Mm -hmm. and i had no idea that's what it was and i didn't know and i didn't put that together until the very end because i kept thinking wow i can't believe i never heard that he killed this guy or whatever yeah like i just didn't know that so i was so confused a portion of it or rather baffled that Uh these things had not come up when we talked about nosferatu (laughs) whatever yeah but i just didn't know these things so 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 yeah and i and that way i found it a great companion piece with gods and monsters because they're both sort of fictional mm-hmm. tellings of real life events yes yeah and what they both do so well i think here even more so because there's more of it is that like recreation of mm. what the actual film was they do that in both movies here. They do it more though.
0: Yeah, they do it more. And what I think is cool is there's actually very little, but they do it a few times, but there's very, there's a handful of shots that are actually from Nosferatu, the real movie. Okay. Inserted in this movie, but their recreations are so spot on. Sometimes it's hard to tell the
1: difference between what was the recreation and
0: what's from the original movie. So, Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so cool. So what of Max Shrek is real? What is real is, I think he was somewhat method.
0: Okay. During the making, because I think that is what launched these urban legends. That like, there. They, I don't think there was ever a legend like there is now because of this movie. Like, okay. if you went online and like started digging around, you would find people claiming that Max Shrek actually was a vampire. But it's because of this movie that that even okay. exists. But in his it contemporaneously. There was, because he went so deep into character as Nosferatu, well, I'm sorry, Count Orlock is actually the name of the character, but he went so deep into character, and it was his first breakout role, that in his own time, there were a lot of people that believed he d- he wasn't real, and he was actually, like, some other actor using a fake name, or something like that, and that, like, went around a lot, because I guess he was also an intensely private person, so there wasn't, like... People didn't really know him outside of his work. So there was a theory that there is no Max Shrek. It's actually this other guy or this other actor that uses a fake name and goes deep into character. Um, which is not true. There was an actual Max Shrek. But
1: yeah, that's that's like the that's the bit
0: that's kind of
1: real about Max Shrek. Okay. And I really liked how um I, I love the like speak, like as they're filming the silent footage, how like the director john malkovich as fw murray is that right murnau murnau thank you i think that my auto the auto corrected It was like wait what um that like the yelling to the actors during it because that surely was what it was like since they weren't getting any of that they could just yell things at them and Uh i just loved that i loved that so much just hearing and john malkovich was so good Yeah, he was great. That's another piece that's like fictionalized too, as I was reading that the real F.W.
0: Murnau apparently was like a saint. Like everyone was like, he was a really lovely guy and very easy to work with and the total opposite of like a dictatorial director. So this movie leans more into the stereotype of these German directors as just like screaming maniacs that are obsessed with art, but.
1: Yeah, and Eddie Izzard is so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's incredible in, uh, that, that role, like, uh, always fun, uh, throw it in some random German words. I like that. They're they're all speaking English, but they throw in random German here and there and the little bit, I, I, I understand. Like there's a scene where, uh, Eddie Izzard, when, uh, uh, Willem Dafoe as, uh, Max Schreck or Locke, like descends, uh, from the shadows and, uh, I, I believe the word used is like get this scheiß cough off of me and that's shithead in german so i'm like okay. oh, i love that like understood little bits here and there so there's some fun german thrown in there
1: yeah and there's just some like really great lines but the best one is when Murnau slash john malkovich says like die you fucking rap bastard vampire pig yeah
0: <laughs> oh i love it yeah and uh carrie elwes uh comes in like In the last like third of the movie and just kind of steals the show when he shows up in ways only he can but i like when he 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 comes up and they're like the camera's loaded
1: and he goes good so am i and they start filming (laughs) yeah he's so handsome he is always yeah i had something against him because in saw i thought he was so bad Mm -hmm. and i think that's like was the first I think because I, he's from Princess Bride, right? Absolutely, that's like his claim to fame, his biggest role. Which I'd role. seen, but I'm not like a Stan, a Princess mm-hmm. Bride. I think it's fine, but I've never been like, oh my god, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. And so I had seen him in that, but didn't really know who he was. But like, saw for me was like the first thing that I, his name sort of stuck, and I just remember being like, God, I, I can, His accent, his American accent is bad, and yeah, he's just kind of like because it's a bad movie, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, he's just so good here. Yeah. He's, he's, he's lovely.
0: And he does a, he does a great little, like it's interesting too, because they have kind of a blend going on in this movie where um, Udo Kier plays uh, Albin Grau, the producer of the movie. And, you know, he Mm -hmm. is actually German. um, And I believe the writer was also a, German actor. Um, and but then you have these like American actors in English with Carrie Elwes, but he does just like it's not a terrible accent, but he does just a slight affectation of like a German accent, and I think kind of works like in this uh heightened reality they're building.
1: And I love there's a line that says something like, Our battle, our struggle is to create art, and our weapon is the moving picture. Because mm-hmm. I just like, I mean, that can hold true to whatever medium you're creating art in yeah yeah like that that's what it's all about is creating art and the way we get there is through theater or making a movie or painting or whatever
0: yeah and i and i think of course we would be remiss if we did not mention of course willem dafoe oh. as max Shrek. i mean he was nominated for an oscar for this role um and he like holy crap is it like a weird intense uh, in ways that it seems only Willem Dafoe can pull off. Like, it, it is just something else to watch. He is otherworldly in this role.
1: His fingers are so creepy. And, yeah, is he the only vampire ever nominated for an Oscar? I would, Maybe he is. Because <laughs> he's technically a vampire here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he might be. It's just... Uh, so, I don't think, like... I was really, really loving it when I thought it was like, you know, a making of Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. And it is that. But then it starts to do all the weird things with him really being a vampire. Yeah, And then I'm not as sold because, I, like I said, I was like confused. Like I was like, wait, what? This happened? And how did I never? And then by the end, I'm like, oh, I see what's happening. And then I'm like, hmm. Then it, I wasn't wholly sold on that. And then I started to think like if they were doing like, I don't know. A movie about the making of Scream, right? But Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like, the two guys start killing everyone really on the set. And Wes Craven's just like, perfect! Like, I don't know that I would love that. Maybe I would. I don't know. Yeah,
0: that that is actually a pitch I had at one point. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) For, like, a Scream movie where I'm like, they should do a horror movie where, like... And I think I I did pitch it as a scream movie where Wes Craven's making a new scream, but then somebody actually starts killing people on set and he's like, no, keep making the movie. And it's all like a plan. So, you know, great minds, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It is just, it's bizarre, but Willem Dafoe is so good. Does he really look like Max Shrek? Like it's, you've seen those for multiple times. I've seen it once. He
0: he's pretty close. He's pretty close. I think um, if you go back and watch the. Uh, watch Nosferatu. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of it is like it depends on the film print you've seen. Because like Nosferatu is floated around in these like blown out, washed out, horrible quality, like film prints. Like you have to find a good quality one where you actually get some detail. Uh, and he did have like little wisps of hair, you know, on the sides of his head uh, that are just barely noticeable on film. So um, and long fingernails. Yeah,
1: they they do a good job of. Uh,
0: it's not a hundred percent, but it's very close.
1: Now, I it was later that I was like wondering this, and I don't know if I just somehow missed it, but like for me, the iconic scene of Nosferatu is him climbing up the stairs and seeing his shadow. Yeah, of the vampire. They, they, do they do that? They don't do it in this. I didn't think so, but no. I wasn't sure if I'd missed it. That's so weird. Like, isn't that the most iconic? It is from this movie i would say it Nosferatu, is rather
0: arguably th- th- the only other one is him standing on the bridge of the ship uh which mm. they do they do sort of allude to in this when he kills the stagehand that's working on the ship and then he kind of just stands there for a minute uh, so th- i would say though uh-huh. that's that's the uh those are the two most iconic shots i think
1: yeah it's yeah, it, but all of that filming of the silent film and, like, the Iris in and things like that, yes and just how accurately it looked like the silent film footage. And, again, you would know better than I would as far as having more of a history with Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, it felt so accurate and so, like, right on.
0: It is. They used a lot of the editing style techniques that existed in silent films and Nosferatu. Um, and this one, too, I think it's funny where gods of monsters produced by one of the producers is clive barker where you're like oh cool unexpected name this movie one of the producers was nicholas cage
1: oh yeah yeah You're
0: like nicholas cage and it's like apparently he was very like actively involved in the production so this was like a passion project of his to get it made so
1: yeah it's just like it's not based on anything is it no i don't think so yeah it's just it's such an odd Thing. Let's do a film about the making of Nosferatu. But hey, what if Max Schreck was really
0: a vampire? vampire? And so odd. The director too, uh, E. Elias uh, Meregi. I'm not sure how you say his last name, but like he was an odd choice too because he was like a theater guy, like avant-garde theater, uh, and he had done some film work, but like this was his first directorial like film effort in many years. Like the last thing he had done before was from like the late eighties, I think. And it's a movie called begotten. If you've ever
1: heard of that. Oh yeah. It's like silent, right?
0: Yes. It's done as like a silent film and it's an avant-garde. It's supposed to be disturbing. Like, He's, I feel like
1: it's on some of those like dis- yes. most disturbing movies.
0: It's almost always on lists of like most disturbing movies. Cause I think people find it very unnerving. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause it does feature a lot of like dismemberment and cannibalism and things like that. But it's like a metaphorical avant-garde piece it's supposed to be about the like like i think it's about the book of genesis like the creation story from genesis but but done in a very impressionistic way and it's very violent and crazy so um you can kind of see that like watching that and then watching this movie like they're different genres like worlds apart but you can see the same directorial eye there because i'd letterbox to review for shadow of the v uh was um this movie is goth as fuck that i loved and i was like yeah yeah i think it really is it's like very dark and i like that's sort of the thing like i wouldn't say this movie's action-packed but it does have a heavy vibe and i'm like and i'm here for that vibe so if you don't like connect with the vibe you're gonna be kind of like what is this even but if you're into it i feel like you'll be like this is awesome
1: yeah yeah that, that, yeah. that that's, that's about right
0: mm-hmm
1: Yeah, but I thought it was worth a look and definitely a very good companion piece. Like these two, I know we've been talking about it for forever, but. Yeah,
0: this was a good idea. Very
1: good films based on classic horror movies and sort of fictionalized tellings around them.
0: Yeah, around them and the people
1: involved in them, which I think is a cool concept. I just, I don't know that either one fully connected with me.
0: Yeah, and I think they're challenging. Honestly, like I think both of these are challenging movies. Like these are not just mainstream, uh, nice, neat, pretty, you know, bio type things. You're going to sit down and just tune out and watch. You know,
1: they're also about their source materials are movies that you love, Mm -hmm. and that I'm just like, like, you know, aren't in my wheelhouse that I've only watched. To once check a box or whatever yeah exactly and, it, so. and I liked them fine but like I don't have like this um long history with them yeah. so it makes sense that they both sort of hit me the way they did or like you know that they were like a full yeah um what's it called when you hit the, the bullseye <laughs> oh it's
0: hitting the bullseye yeah not the a, bullseye. not right on the mark with you
1: yeah but like definitely like films that that i'm glad i watched
0: yeah i i also i like the line well it, i like that they play with the vampire mythology a little bit too here in shadow of the vampire where it's not like normal like you know because they start talking to him and they ask him like when did you become a vampire i don't remember and like and there's just all these missing pieces you know it's not as sexy and mysterious <laughs> as it normally is in movies uh and what's that one line where he says now i feed like old men pee." Uh-huh. uh sometimes uh all at once and sometimes drop by drop and you're like that's weird but kind of cool to like have this it's just a strange take on a vampire
1: and i just i had i known the whole film that that's what was happening because i just thought he was you know an actor living in, in the method like so i never took it as like a real vampire saying these things
0: yeah as as he's referred to at one point as a stanislavsky madman
1: yes yes <laughs> so yeah a, you know, another one kind of like gods and monsters that probably a rewatch would you know not hurt. be a bad thing at yeah. some point
0: so uh yeah unless you have anything else to add i don't no okay so out of uh Oh, I don't even know. Out of five bats you've snatched out of the air and sucked the blood out of, uh, how many do you give Shadow of the V? I am going to bookend it with a three and a half. Oh, excellent. Uh and this one I'm going up four and a half.
1: Ooh, another Scare of Approval.
0: Scare of approval. Right. Yeah, i just I I I saw both of these like when they came out or not long after because shadow of the vampire. I also saw as like a teenager and it's always just stuck with me. It's one of those that I've carried with me for a long time. So I love to revisit it every couple of years. And I'm like, yeah, this is just, this is just wild and fun. And I love German expressionism and vampires. So it's like a perfect
1: marriage of those things. It is. yep. It's definitely up your alley. Yeah, Uh, for sure. For sure. So there you go,
0: guys. There's our little special we did for
1: you. All right. And uh, next week, we're going to take a break because I'm going to be on a cruise ship. Yeah. Another so the week after we'll come back with Jeremy's birthday episode because Jeremy, when is your birthday? August 13th. It's the 13th because it was on Friday the 13th one year. Yeah, it was, which was awesome. Yeah. So we'll come. We'll be back on the 18th with Jeremy's birthday episode.
0: Yeah. And I got I got some special plan for it. Oh, shit. That I, that I want to try out and okay. see see what happens so oh my i God. think I think it'll be cool don't make me watch star wars no 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 <laughs> i'm gonna watch i they could be bad movies though i don't know it's gonna uh, they're be a, gonna be they're Jay. gonna be it's gonna be out of my hands <laughs>
1: but <laughs> all right cool well we'll see you all on the 18th in the meanwhile write to us scaring a sharing at gmail.com or follow us on insta scaring a sharing all one word <laughs> That's right, and thank you so much for listening. And Jeremy, thank you for being a friend and a fiend. Thank you for being a fiend. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeremy, I, I I have to ask you: Have you checked the children?
0: <laughs> and re- remember, guys, you're all my children now.
1: And keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing, dudes. Bye. <laughs>